or songwriters with little or no formal training, or who specialized in some regionally favored music less known and less appreciated outside of its limited home base. Music most typically favored by those who didn't read music at all. Music apparently without universal commercial pop prospects as they understood them. The early music publishers and professional concert and show producers of the Tin Pan Alley era saw music outside of the Broadway, concert hall, and broadest parlor sheet music mainstream as marginal propositions, and as a consequence, the structure of the industry they built across the Western world marginalized it still further without giving the matter much thought. Surprisingly, perhaps, that didn't change even when recording arrived at the end of the 19th century. When making something out of music that hadn't been composed or appeared as sheet music became so very much easier. If anyone, even then, saw broader potential or musical power in the down-home roots music being skipped over so cavalierly, they certainly weren't doing anything about it. In the United States, the excluded, underestimated, marginalized music included all but the most schooled music made by African Americans. Virtually all music of the rural and small-town white Southerners other than hymnal lyric sheets, and while there had already been, in Jelly Roll Morton's famous description, a Spanish tinge detectable in American popular music for many years, you weren't going to hear Latino music or Latin American songs crossing the border into American parlors or stages either. And then Ralph Peer came along. He saw as much potential in passed over, underexplored, professionally neglected music, and did as much to make something of it as any one person ever has. He knew... No working idea in the music business could stay unexplored by others for long, and didn't put much stock in great man theories, as was amply evident when late in life he was asked directly whether the popularizing of Roots Music's various flavors would have happened without him. I do think that if I hadn't, somebody else would have, he answered. There was a bigger demand for those records, and they eventually give them the artists they wanted. And maybe so, but eventually can take a long time. Ralph Peer made it happen the way it happened. He virtually always, as he put it himself, looked first for music that was local in nature, precisely because it would be novel everywhere else. He was not a musicologist or a performer or a composer, but a modernizing businessman, a record man, and a music publisher, and it was as a businessman that he pulled the lever that budged the musical world. It took, and even in this interconnected age, still takes, a music industry structure equipped to convey and promote untapped music for us to even to be aware of it. Because Peer opened the music business's door to unheard regional music and implemented some serious ideas about what to do with it, the very structure of the industry evolved, and so did the sounds audiences could hear. Durable genres with musical power and lasting, growing enterprises developed, and pop music broadened in the United States and around the world. A record company A&R artist and repertoire executive's job in Ralph Peer's day, much as in our own, was to find artists and songs that could work, to record them in the right setting, and to release and promote the result with an awaiting audience in mind. Repeat the process for an identified audience and you may have a continuing genre. It's a commercial job and making hit records is the central goal. A music publisher's day-to-day -day work is closely related, which is why publishers would eventually have A&R professionals working for them as well. It's about placing songs for recording or any other sort of performance where they will have the greatest potentially lasting impact. Songs that might come around again, 
both lines of work mastered and to a degree defined by Ralph Peer are about identifying talents, enabling them, bringing them forward in the most appealing settings and broadening their reach. Sometimes the results are disposable. Sometimes they're art. In the course of his career, Peer singled out a historic list of musical jewels and placed them in settings that got our attention. In no small measure because of the work that he did, we share the musical legacies of Jimmy Rogers and of the Carter family and have had the pleasure of the solo stardom of Louis Armstrong and Fats Waller, of the recorded gospel of both the Southern white and African-American flavors, of the raucous folk jazz of the Memphis Jug Band and the Blind Willie McTell's Everlasting Blues. We've likely heard Augustine Lara's Granada and Consuelo Velasquez's Besame Mucho as well. And even those of us for whom Latin music was not originally part of our own culture,